and good morning, everyone. Um, I, I know that this is not a topic to have fun with, but when I heard this, and you're going to hear it in a moment, <clears throat> I was very surprised to hear the president. He gave a speech yesterday, talked a lot about guns. That will be a part of the show a little bit later this morning. But I want to start off with what the president said specifically about gun trafficking into Mexico. Now, we understand that we have a crisis at our southern border. I don't know that he understands it or anybody at the White House understands it. But even the people, even the person he has in charge of CBP says there's a crisis at the border. So an open border works two ways. But here is what the president is talking about, this this speech on guns, two rounds of applause from people. And uh, they have, in my opinion, uh, they have the upper hand in the conversation because nobody on both sides of this issue, no one likes to see senseless death, murder. Um, so right away, they're on the side of stopping that by getting rid of guns. But this comment specifically about Mexico and gun trafficking. Let's start here this morning. Keep guns out. You know what? The Mexicans are Mexico, which has real problems, causing us real problems. You know what their biggest complaint is? Can't we stop gun, gun, gun trafficking across the southern border into Mexico? <laughs> Can't we stop gun trafficking in there? Now, the reason why this is humorous is because I, I just think that. There are certain things you stay away from um, when, you know, Bill Clinton uh, should never go give a speech on relationships or fidelity. Let's just say that, you know, based on what happened to him in his career, there are certain things you stay away from. And you realize because of something that's in your past, you probably should stay off of that topic. For this president to make that statement when he was the vice president under Barack Obama and Operation Fast and Furious happened in southern Arizona. Um, now, I have my opinion. Opinions on why it happened, but there are facts about what happened, and here's what happened. There were illegal gun purchases going on around the valley, there, and I talked with multiple firearms dealers here in the valley who were a part of this. And one of them in particular, and I'm not going to name names, one of them in particular was smart enough that when they talked to ATF, when they talked to alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, to report suspicious gun sales, they were told that we are working an operation – Sell the guns to the straw buyers. Sell them. They were smart enough to tape those phone calls to cover their tracks because if it ever came back to bite them, they can say, we reached out to the federal authorities. They told us to make make the purchases. Sell the guns. And they did. What we didn't know was how flawed and failed this operation was until much later. Um, to fast forward through this, gun purchases happened. A couple of thousand rifles, AR-15 style rifles, were trucked into Mexico without surveillance. I've never been a police officer, but there's two things I know about an undercover operation when you're selling or buying, whether it's drugs or weapons. If you are buying, you never lose sight of the money. And if you are selling, you never lose sight of the product. That are rules and undercover operations. So they were not surveilling the guns, and there were members, there were rank-and-file street cops, street-level ATF agents who were so upset about this that they were surveilling the guns on their off time, on their private time. And uh, they were told by the uh, bosses here of ATF, who are no longer here in Arizona, they were told, pull off the surveillance, and if you don't, you're going to lose your job or you're going to be suspended. You are, this is a, you are disobeying a direct order. And they allowed these guns to cross into Mexico, never to be seen again. Now, here's the important part of this. They never told anyone. 
the federal government never told the Mexican government that, hey, a couple of thousand guns just went into Mexico into the hands of your people, the cartels. Um, They never told local law enforcement on the American side of the border. And according to the head of Homeland Security and former Arizona Governor Janet Napolitano, she was never told either. The odd thing about it is the U.S. attorney in that case, the only person that lost their job over this, and it was someone who quit, was not fired, was the U.S. attorney at the time in the state of Arizona. And he used to be the chief of staff for Janet Napolitano. But he said they claim he never told her about this operation. So nobody knew. And nobody said anything until one of those guns ended up at the murder scene of a Border Patrol agent named Brian Terry. When that happened, when one of those trafficked guns in a failed American operation by the federal government ended up at the scene of a murder of a Border Patrol agent, ATF agents began to speak out and say, I don't care if it ruins my career. And they blew the whistle and they blew the lid off the entire thing. Now, I've got my suspicions of why this happened, and then there were investigations into it. And for national security reasons, the president of the United States, Barack Obama, sealed the case, and the investigation never went any further. Eric Holder was never investigated. Eric Holder was the attorney general at the time. Uh, Did it go all the way up to his office? How far did it go? And the ATF agents in charge, the people in leadership, were reassigned in Washington, D.C., either laterally moved or promoted. Uh, It's called being a PCS, permanent change of station. And so they were PCS to Washington, D.C. and other places. The reason why I tell this story is for the president of the United States, who was vice president at the time, they were briefed. Whether they were briefed before it happened or they were briefed after it happened, they were briefed. The American government under Eric Holder as the attorney general and the ATF and Barack Obama as president and Joe Biden as vice president, they had an undercover operation where a couple of thousand guns by the U.S. government were trucked into Mexico. And when they lost them, and let's go with the innocence of this and say it was a failed operation and it failed miserably. There was no malice or or ill intent in any of this, but they lost those guns in Mexico. They never told anyone. They didn't inform the Mexican government. They didn't inform higher-ups in the American government. They didn't tell local law enforcement on our side of the border. They didn't tell anyone. There was a whistleblower that did months later. So now this president, who was a part of all of that, stands up in front of a crowd and says Mexico's biggest problem is American uh, gun trafficking into their country. Let's not forget that this is also the same president that left billions of dollars worth of firearms operational in Afghanistan when we pulled out of Afghanistan a year ago and that failed pull out of Afghanistan. So everybody says, well, Trump started that. I said he did. Yeah. President Trump started the pullout of Afghanistan. He negotiated that. That was all on the shoulders of the Trump administration. The way it was handled was in the Biden administration. So for an administration that wants to take, I'm going to use their term, assault rifles off the streets of America. They don't want American citizens to have access to any of these. They trucked a couple of thousand of them into Mexico as part of an operation. And when they lost them, never informed anybody. And we didn't even destroy the guns there for everybody that says, you know what a horrible operation it is and how hard it is to get all that equipment out of the field and load them up on airplanes, an expensive proposition. And that's why they didn't do it. They could have destroyed them. 
You could have you could have taken some of the military vehicles that you had left behind, laid those guns on the ground and ran over them and bent the barrels of those guns, made them they were not operational and they didn't. Automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, uh, M16s all the way up to 50 caliber guns were left behind in Afghanistan. So when these people preach to us about Americans with guns, this is where it bothers me. Where are the people on the president's side of this argument that don't look at this and say the hypocrisy is insane. The fact that you would stand in front of a crowd and say that gun trafficking, we are the problem at the border. We are the problem. The other side of this is the border itself. If an open border brings fentanyl into the U.S. and people into the U.S. that don't belong here, the open border then can have criminals in the United States doing business in the other direction. So how does the president – how do you blame the guns for this problem? The problem is you won't close the border. The problem is you will not get effective control of the border. So if the Mexican government is truly upset about gun trafficking into their country from America and the president thinks we need to get a grip on it, where is our demand that the Mexican government get a grip on their side of the border and stop allowing people to come into their southern border to make the uh, make their way to our southern border, their northern border? And why don't we shut it down? The idea that people just sit there like like lemmings and clap because the president talks about guns and how we're going to get rid of them and demonizes firearms and Americans that have them is one argument we should always have. But the fact that this president stood in front of a crowd and said the biggest issue in Mexico is American gun trafficking after he was a part of an operation where a couple of thousand guns ended up in Mexico – and when I say him, he was in that administration. He was briefed about that happening. He was a part of that. And you know as well as I do, if that had happened under a Republican administration, the president, the vice president, the attorney general, everybody else, Homeland Security, would have all been questioned about, A, how it happened, but B, more importantly, when it happened, why wasn't the world notified? And it never happened. And that's a real operation. And so um, I have my suspicions of why it happened, but that's not that's not important for this conversation. What is important is that the president is lecturing people about our gun problem crossing into Mexico when they were a huge part of it just a few years ago. Coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about Arizona school vouchers. Uh, the story out today that the program is very popular. Well, we're going to talk about who it's popular with and why it's a good idea or not a good idea. We'll get to it in just a moment. Hey, thanks for being here. Little Alan Jackson, that's pretty cool. Um, thanks for being here this morning. Um, schools are a big topic on this show because I think schools are a big topic with parents and people that aren't even parents. We want a quality education in our towns, in our state. We want to educate our children and give them an opportunity at bigger things in life. Um, and without going into all the details, I do this. I always end up down this road, but having the ability 
ability to learn matters more than anything else, uh, in my opinion. Um, there are different things in people's lives. We know that people kind of uh, get on track slower than others. Um, I was one of those people. I was a very good young student, but as a teenager, I was a horrible student. I wanted nothing to do with school. School was a joke to me when I was in high school. I was disruptive. I was the class clown. I know that doesn't surprise anyone. And I really was didn't pay attention in school. Uh, I went to hang out with my friends when I went. There was a time when I got caught skipping 14 days of school in a row. That is three weeks out of a nine-week quarter. I had teachers that thought I moved. Those are true stories about me in education. So the people that think there's hypocrisy because I didn't get an education or I didn't take it seriously and now I do, I will tell you it's because of that experience. When I got older and I started in my career as an electrician, when I transitioned into this career, my ability to read, my ability to comprehend, my ability to then comprehend and then convey a thought based on what I've read has led to any modicum of success I've had in this industry, and it certainly helped me in business ownership in my time as an electrician. Having the tools when I was ready to learn is so essential. I say that because the early applications show big interest in the expanded school voucher program. And uh, there's a huge interest in this. And I think there should be. And uh, to be fair, the other side of this conversation that doesn't like the idea of this expanded voucher program, which basically gives about $7,000 of available tax dollars that are your tax dollars that are attached to your child. If you are not comfortable, if you don't think your child is getting the education in a public school that they are in, they can take that to a charter school, home school, private school and use that money for tuition. The other side of the conversation, Beth Lewis from Save Our Schools uh, told our own – I'm going to let you hear this. This was the criticism from them. She was talking with uh, Griselda Satino this morning and said this. We know that 75% of those families never intended to go to public school. And, you know, I think the worst part of all of this is that the legislature passed a bill that directly defunds public schools. They didn't have to do that. They could have allocated separate money for kids who were in private schools already, but instead they're taking money directly from public schools, kids who are already in those schools and those classrooms and giving it to private schools where the money's unaccountable. And I've had Ms. Lewis on the show a number of times, and there's two places I disagree with what she just said. First of all, the government is not taking any money from the public schools. The parents who have their children in those public schools or would put those children in public schools are taking that money. That's the difference here. This It is about power and money. Um, and you also have to look at the cause and effect. And I believe that's in anything. If our public schools were doing their job if parents felt as if they were being listened to, and I will, and I want to be fair to teachers as well, because you know it's not a, it's not the same. But I was a football coach for a long time, Pop Warner and high school football coach, especially at the Pop Warner level, which would be the uh, elementary, middle school level students we're talking about. I would imagine parents or teachers endure the same thing that coaches do, which is sometimes you have parents that are totally uninvolved. That you seem like a babysitting service. They drop the kids off at practice. They drop them off for the games. They pick them up later, and they have a few hours of free time. And there are other parents who are over-involved. But the idea of involvement by parents is necessary. And in the end, in the end, they are the parents. And these children belong to them, not you. 
And when the parents are saying, we have questions about what you're doing, whether it's mask requirements or vaccine mandates or curriculum, and they feel as if they're not being listened to or, or respected, they have every right to take their child. And I would say take their tax dollars and go somewhere else. There would be no need for homeschooling, charter schools, or private schools if the public schools in Arizona were doing their job. And they aren't. You can blame part of the failure or the deepening of the failure on COVID-19 and the restrictions, which, by the way, were fought for by the teacher organizations. It was the AEA, AEU, who, remember, stomped their feet, protested, did their marches, took their flashlights. We're going to put up videos of their own um, eulogies to show that people were going to die if we opened the schools. But you can blame it on that, and part of that is true. But even before that, well under 50% of Arizona students couldn't read at grade level in third grade, and they couldn't perform eighth grade math and be ready for high school math. Those are true statistics, and you can't get around them. So parents are always going to look for an alternative. If you want to make this adversarial, then make it adversarial. But if I'm a parent, this is nothing personal. If I'm a parent with a child in school, I say this is nothing personal. This isn't about you. This isn't about the teacher specifically. This is about my child is not flourishing in this atmosphere, and now I have options to make my child or help my child flourish somewhere else. So I will respectfully disagree that the government didn't take any money away from public schools. The parents that are dissatisfied are. And I think we we all as a community should be concerned that the public school system isn't doing the job. I'm not playing the blame game. I'm saying fix it. Fix it. And then we can talk about it. And if it's, it's not just money, but fix the problem. And when the problem is fixed, parents will return. That's how it will work. In a few moments, Gatos is going to join me. It's the Big Cube poll question of the day. That's coming up. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. I'm here reporting for duty. <laughs> Are you getting another haircut? Nah, the access unit didn't work today. So oh, okay. Gatos 3000 is on the fritz, so I said I'll just use the phone. Okay. I got a good cue, though. All right, let's hear it. So I'm interested in what you think of this, because um, in the last... Maybe three, four weeks, we've had three Arizona kids bring guns to school. Right. So one was a second grader. We saw that yesterday. Last week was a fourth grader. And then to, uh, yesterday, we also saw a seventh grader. So the uh, second grader, right, seven-year-old in Cochise County, caught with two guns at school. If he took them from home, should his parents not be allowed to own firearms anymore? I don't know if about... Look at these... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, go ahead. Um, I don't know about taking their guns away, but there definitely should be punishment. There ha- I think that that is th- that you are endangering not only your children, but other people. It would be like anything else. They tell parents uh, if you have, let's say, if you have poison in your house under the counters, if you don't child proof that and your child gets sick, you pay the price for that. If your child drowns in your swimming pool because you aren't watching them, you pay that price. So, yeah, I think there needs to be severe punishments for it. Yeah, I don't know what the law is. We're gonna have Monica Lindstrom on today just to to see what it what it is. But let's say that these three kids, I mean, these are three really young kids that yeah. are going out and buying a gun. So they're taking it from their house. So if they take the gun from their house and then they bring it into school, 
you know, um, what what is the law? Could the parents, you know, yeah. face charges? Could they could they not be allowed to own a firearm? I don't know the answer to the question. That's why we're going to answer right. it. It's a great know, question. Today. It's a great question. Yeah. But My, I mean, if you're bringing something from the house that's going to maybe hurt other people in a school. Yeah. I don't know if that changes, well, you know, from poison because poison will let's say that it's poison under the under the counter. Well, that'll kill one person. Well, if you bring a gun, it could kill two people. Sure. But, but death so is I don't still, know the answer. And endangerment is still endangering people. That was my the point I was making. You know, I have grandkids. Um, I live alone and I have multiple firearms in my house. We've talked about this before. But when my grandkids come over, they get put away. I, you know, and I've got older grandkids. I've got much younger grandkids. But that's one of my biggest fears. You know, kids are curious. You know, first thing that one of my grandsons does when he comes over is run into my closet in my guest bedroom. You know, and I, I so yeah. I just I, I just you got to be careful. And I when I hear these stories, it makes me cringe because, you know, I'm such an advocate for the Second Amendment. But this is careless. I mean, this is irresponsible. Yeah, you got to educate your kids if you have guns. And yep. most Arizona gun owners are great gun owners. But yep. I don't know what happened in these three cases. So we'll I try agree. and figure it out. Great question, Gatos. Okay, man. See ya. Right, see ya. The Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We talk economy in just a moment.